This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you ask for cash donations at your birthday party? Do you talk in elevators? Do you not let people out before entering? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. Everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonema. And we're in New York today, and let's just get right down to it. Let's get in it. So for today's amuse-bouche, I want to talk about something on social stationery, which is very specific, which is the slash. Oh! So recently, Leah gave me a fabulous gift, and I sent Leah a thank you note on my hand-engraved custom stationery. It was gorgeous. Now, do you recall there was a slash through my name? I do. And do you know why I did that or what that was about? Or what did you think when you saw that? I used to work for a family who did that. Oh, so you knew. So I knew about it. Okay. Um, but had I not, I like the way it looks a lot. Okay. I think I would have been like, oh, that's a fun look. So <laughs> but had I not worked for this family that did that, I don't think I've come across it any... In any other situation. Correct. So what we're talking about, social stationery. This is like where you have a piece of paper that has your name pre-printed at the top. I have it. I think everyone should have it. So do that. So I have this social stationery. And when you're sending... <laughs> do that. And when you're sending a note, like a thank you note to somebody, and you want to indicate that your relationship with this person is a more familiar, that we're closer friends, more intimate. What you do is you take a single pen stroke from the lower left to the top right through your name at the top of the card and you strike it with one strike, sort of indicating like, oh, no, no, this is not on my personal stationery. This is just from me. <laughs> and it indicates just like a nicer relationship. So it's it's sort of a nice way to signal to someone that you feel like you're very close with someone. Uh, and so this is why I did this for you, Leah. So lovely. Um, and so that's what that's about. So it doesn't come up a lot because most people don't have social stationery at all. But if you do and you see this, then this is what this is about. Now... I don't always do it, even if I do feel like I have that relationship with someone, because people don't know about this. And so if they see that, they think it's strange. And then they're like, oh, why is there this line through his name? Like, that's weird. You know, did he, why did he cross it out? 
Because they can Google it. Uh, yeah, it comes up if you Google it, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I think Town & Country did some article about this some years ago, but it's not well covered in the etiquette world. <laughs> so that's why I'm telling you. I did actually have a friend, I think I mentioned this uh, on social media or something, and a friend who has saved all of my thank you notes for like years called me out because he has saved them and he took a picture of all of these cards where I did not strike my name. Ooh. And he was, and it was tongue in cheek and it was actually very clever, but he was like, oh, I see what our relationship is. Didn't strike your name. Hmm. So he called me out on that. But now I know I can strike the name and he knows what this is about and it's fine. So so if you see this happening, this is what this is about. If you have social stationery, you can do this and that's what this is about. And that's our moose boosh for today. So fun. You're welcome. A moose boosh. I put it at the end. <laughs> And we're back. And now let's go deep. Let's go deep. So for our deep dive today, this comes courtesy Leah. I thought this was a very interesting topic. So I guess as I understand it, the idea here is that we don't want to worry for other people. Yeah. So the the topic is worrying for other people. Okay. And I would be interested to see what our friends and family at home, I uh, call them our, our family because they're our wolves family. Yes. Well, they're our pack. Yeah, they're our pack. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. <laughs> and this came about because normally I try very hard not to discuss anything in my, my close friend relationships, but this is a comic mm -hmm. and I told her to her face when she did it and I've been trying to make a <laughs> joke out of it. So it's fair game. Okay. So I don't keep my cell phone in a case. Okay. And we were having a conversation and I took my cell phone out to charge it or whatever. And then she was like, Oh, you don't have this. You have to get, you have to get a case right now. And then she was like, it, the whole, I didn't ask, do you think I need a case? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But she became avidly worried about my cell phone and my case. Okay. And what kind of a lifestyle I'm living that I walk yeah. around caseless. Reckless. Wow. And then I made, I made fun of her and I was like, <laughs> you know, I get how phones work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So it just sort of put this idea in my head. So then I was out to dinner with another friend and I asked, she doesn't have a case. And I said, oh, you don't have a case. Do you find that people, and she said, I will have strangers walk up to me and be like, you have to go buy a case. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm worried about your phone. Oh. So it's just this sort of idea of worrying for other mm. people. Okay. I get that. You know, and then it goes into, this is the thing that happened this week. I was wearing a warm coat. Okay. I leave the house and then I'll stay out very late. So the temperatures will really change. But it was one of the days where it was kind of warm and they were like, you're really overdressed. You're going to get hot. I think you'll be uncomfortable. And I was like, am I an adult? <laughs> am I your child? Yeah. Who are, you know what I mean? And then I don't want to have to explain to a person my, you know, so it's this idea of like, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's, let's break it down. So I thought this was a let's very interesting topic. Yeah. Cause I guess at the end of the day, why this is an etiquette thing is that we agree that this is poor etiquette. Uh, yeah. I feel like this right? is poor etiquette. This is poor etiquette. Because you're essentially saying to a person, I think that you make bad choices. Yeah. You have bad judgment. And my judgment is better than yours. And I feel like I should tell you that. Even though I understand this is all under the guise of a person, quote unquote, caring about you. Eh, sometimes we can give them the benefit of the doubt. You know me, I'd love to give a benefit of the doubt. want to do I'm that. I'm going to throw that out there, say okay. that I understand that's where it's coming Potentially. from. But I think it's a weird thing to do. Yes, because it is patronizing. It's very patronizing. It's patronizing. And I think being patronizing is rude. Rude. <laughs> so, That's why I think this is essentially an etiquette right. issue. I mean, definitely the clothing thing comes up a lot. Like, oh, you, aren't you cold? Don't you need a scarf? So that's very common. I've been walking around with a neck my whole life. I think I know how to handle this. So far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> it also feels like 
the comments about like, oh, are you going to eat that thing? That's bad for you. Yeah. Or are you, are you taking the train so late? Or people say that to me as an adult person who takes the train late every night. Oh yeah. I mean, that's patronizing at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's just rude. Yeah. So I guess. But I understand they're saying it because somewhere in there, they they think they're being helpful. Mothering. I don't know what it is. I guess it's a difference between trying to be supportive and trying to fix someone. Right. Is that the, is that what's happening? Yeah. If somebody asks, have at it. They asked you. Yeah. So it's that line. It's like, when is it support? And when are you trying to like fix someone who didn't want you fixing them? Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? It's a, I think we've agreed that it is. We've agreed. Yeah. I think we're totally on the same page. There is no daylight here. Okay. Cause I did think worrying about somebody is an etiquette topic. That's really what it is. Yeah. That's it. It's just an etiquette thing. It's rude to do because you are being patronizing and you're saying that their judgment is poor. Yeah. And you're saying a negative thing about them to their face. And I don't think people realize when they do it that that's what they're doing. And that's what you're doing. So don't do that. And I'm sure I've been guilty of it. Oh, who among us has not? Who has not? Done something bad. But I do feel like I've tried really hard to reel it in. Yes. And I think step one is acknowledge that this is a thing that happens. And then when it is happening to you or you're doing it to someone else, Take a step back. Take yeah. a moment. Be like, oh, is this patronizing? And yeah. then don't do that. And sometimes I'll go to say something and I'll be like, oh, they didn't quite ask me. Yes. So then I'll say, are you asking me or did you just want to share this? Yes, that's also true. That feels a little adjacent. That is adjacent. But I'm just saying I know sometimes it's, it's the same flavor where you feel the impulse to be like, oh, let me weigh in on what I think you should do in this situation. Where it's like, oh, this was not an invitation for me to weigh in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And sometimes the way people present information, it is left ambiguous whether or not they want your opinion or not. Yes. So sometimes that does happen where you're like, oh, are you just wanting to just like express something or are you wanting me to weigh in? And it's not unclear like what my role is in this conversation. Right. Sure. All right. Well, I think we really covered some ground there. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV, which has the best of British, Canadian, New Zealand, like all sorts of great television. And they have tons of different kinds of shows. Oh yeah, all sorts of genres. <laughs> I'm just severely focused on crime, mystery, murder. That's really my sweet spot. And so obviously the Broken Wood <laughs> Mysteries from New Zealand, this is up your alley. Very up my alley because it combines my love of murder mysteries and my love of New Zealand, which was born from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, anything said in a seemingly quiet country town where something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is up your alley. Also, they have a big city detective moved to said small town having to work with the local police and they have a, a different way of doing things that everybody finds to be a bit <laughs> right. jarring. So up my alley. So check that out and use promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my Books of the Month, but for multiple months now. So Books of the Months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to 
receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code Pedals. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code Pedals to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you guys in the wilderness. Oh! And that is Leah Hopling. <laughs> so our first question is, quote, I am the parent of a toddler and we get invited to a lot of birthday parties. On multiple occasions, parents have said, no presents, please, but then send a link to an Amazon shopping list or a college savings fund saying that if we did want to give a present, then we could shop from this list or donate cash. I think this is rude. If it's a no presents party, shouldn't that be the rule? Is it then rude not to bring a present? What do you think? This shocked me. I was shocked. What part? <laughs> I was sh- honestly, I started out shocked and then I worked my way up to more shocked. I mean, college savings plan. Like, come on over. Toby's turning two. You guys are probably still paying off your own college funds. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, uh, okay. So our shock is deciding. The shock though for me is if you say no presents. I think we take that at face value. And then you have presents. Then what is it? What's happening right what now? It? Yeah. I almost would want to say to the person, which I agree that we're not saying, but I would want to be like, can you clarify? Is it presents or no presents? Yeah. Which is it? Because I don't understand. Yeah. And I don't want to be rude, but you've given me two exactly opposite, you know? Right. Like it's a casual uh, breakfast buffet. It's black tie evening formal. Yeah. What? Oh, what? Which? Mm. So... I think in general, there's a lot of thoughts about presents at kids' birthday parties. And this is a big conversation among parents on the mommy blogs. It seems really stressful. So in general, an invitation is not an invoice. So the whole idea that like you are obligated to bring a present and it must be a certain type of present and you have to do, you know, from a registry and all that, like this has gone out of control. What I find is wild here outside of that is the no presents and then the here's the list of presents. The contradictory information is rude and you got to pick a lane. Yeah, Yeah. pick a... Pick a lane. What's happening? And I think if there's presents, then fine. That's what we're doing. If we're not doing presents, then it's no presents and we're not doing presents. Ms. Manners has an interesting take on this, which is she doesn't like the no presents parties because she thinks there's actually something very important for child rearing around presents that by doing a party with presents, you are teaching your child how to give a present that they may want to keep for themselves. And when you're giving the party, you're teaching your child how to accept presents that they may not want and they don't like. And you're also teaching about thank you notes. And you're also teaching about like that whole ritual where, you know, as an adult, presents happen and you should know how to do this graciously. So Miss Manners doesn't like taking that off the table because she feels like this is important for children to learn how to do. So I think that's an interesting point. That is interesting. I think there's so much pressure, it seems, on parents to do all these things that all cost money. Horrible. That, you know, the idea of learning never show up to an event Mm empty-handed. You know, but you could also be like, hey, we're going to go to Tommy's birthday party. Let's bake them cookies. So you're coming with something, but it's something that, you know, you can buy all the ingredients for. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think uh, presents does not, a good present does not have to be related to the price of that present. Yes. I think that's important. Um, And so people should keep that in mind. So I think for this letter writer, the main question was just, what are we supposed to do? Bring a present or not bring a present? I would say the invitation says no presents. And so we go with that. Yeah. They said no presents. So stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I would still show up with a card and... A card is nice. Yes. I think a card is nice. But that's it. Yeah. Okay. Our next question... Actually, you know me. I would show up with a present because I'd feel horrible, but... 
You I would. Did, but I don't think you're being rude not to bring a present. They're being rude by giving you different information. Correct. Conflicting information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our next question is, quote, a few weeks ago, <laughs> we were staying at the same hotel as a college football team. The elevators were slow and often crowded with tourists, football players, and business folks. At one particular occurrence, the elevator had stopped on a number of floors picking up people, and the football players would get off at various lower floors, presumably to visit with other teammates, attend meetings, or whatever. An older woman in the elevator started saying things about their physicality and how they should have just used the stairs. There was plenty of room for more people, and it was not overly crowded. I was offended by her comments about who should or shouldn't be in the elevator, and There were eye rolls and side glances from others, so I think other people were annoyed too. I finally spoke up and told the woman we should not judge others. My husband was furious with me for saying something to shut this woman up. Is it inappropriate to say something when others are being rude, or should I just bite my tongue? Leah? I feel like what my answer is is not the correct etiquette answer. Uh, But I'm going to go with what my answer is anyway, because I know you already said two wrongs don't make a right. That's true. However, I think good for this woman. Oh! Because... This lady is commenting on people's bodies and that they shouldn't be taking the elevator. It's not appropriate. It is definitely not appropriate. What she is doing is incorrect and rude. Totally agree. In general, I do not like talking in elevators, which we've established. We've established that. (laughs) So right there, I'm like, why are people talking in this elevator? I think that because this woman was talking about a third party who's no longer there. No, I think some of them are still in the elevator. They're coming and going. Well, Okay, so I think because this woman is talking about somebody else that is not our letter writer. So this letter writer is not involved in the direct scene. She's a bystander. And because there is nothing you can say that is going to make this woman a better person. No, but she may think twice before she comments on people. I don't think we're going to have an epiphany for this woman today. I don't think we're going to be able to be like, there's a magic phrase that's going to unlock something in her brain and be like, you know what? I was wrong. I should never do that again. I don't think we're going to get that from this woman. And this is such a brief interaction that I would just let it go and bite my tongue. Part of that is that if I say something in the elevator, now I'm talking in an elevator and that's against my rules. Right, that is so against your rules. I don't like doing that. But I, don't, I think we just bite our tongue because there's no polite response to this. I, I see it more as she's sticking up for the people who have been wronged. And that's what I like about it. Okay, so what would you say? I don't know what she said, but I think whatever she said was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> okay. Because I also feel like there's a part of, there's always like this culture of this woman was being judgy. Sure. Oh, absolutely. About like teenagers. Well, and, that and also like she's being impatient, like, oh, this is stopping on every floor. And when she's saying, and you're, you're good enough to walk, like just that's not appropriate and you shouldn't say that and no. somebody should tell you and then maybe you'll stop acting like that. Yeah, I just don't think uh, we're going to get that from this woman. No, but I do. I would never say anything out loud and I completely well, understand that thing. we're not supposed to. You would never do anything. No, I would never. And that's why I love this woman okay. and I want her to come with me wherever I go. Okay. All right. I think we have just a different take. I know. And I completely understand why it's not in the bounds of good etiquette, uh-huh. but I think it's- Leah's in, using air quotes. Yeah. Good. It's because, you know, I good etiquette. And, uh-huh. um, but I do think that in the global of good humanity- Okay. Letting this woman know that she's getting checked. Mm. I think good for this lady. Okay. And she just said it real quick and then she was quiet again. So nobody is talking in the elevator anymore. So I uh, side with the husband in the story. Everybody wins, I guess. Everybody has somebody on their team. And I'm going to say my significant other often will check people. 
and I get humiliated because uh-huh. I'll be like, why would you do that? And he's, so? like, and he's like, they should know. He's like, I'm making society better. <laughs> and he's not wrong. I'm just mortified. Okay. <laughs> but I do think. Okay. Good for her. Our next question. <laughs> hey, Raised by Wolves. Please explain bathroom attendance. Do I tip? Do I go back to the table to get my wallet to tip? What if I'm pee shy? What if they want to engage in small talk? Help. So this was a text message that came in, I believe, from the bathroom where this was happening. I see a bathroom attendant and I just fly into a panic. So I was on my phone when we got this text because I get these texts. Like, they don't go to the ether. Like, I get them. And so I was able to respond in real time. And I did give her some advice that just sort of came to me. I did not have any time to research or give any contemplation. So I know what I told her. What would you have told her? Often you'll go to the washroom and you don't have your wallet. Really? Yeah. Where's your wallet? At the table in my bag. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Men always have our wallet. I don't usually carry my wallet to the bathroom okay. unless I'm alone and I don't want to leave it. Sure. Okay. So I always say to the person, I don't have my wallet. I'll come back. And then you will. And then I do. Yeah. And what will you tip? I'll tip a dollar. A dollar. Okay. I'm also not, you know, often bathroom attendants will have products. Sure. I'm using none of the products. Okay. You know, maybe I'll take a minute. You know, if I'm going to use all the products, maybe you should up your tip. Also, if you don't use anything, I don't know if you need to tip, but also they're in there keeping it tidy nice. and clean and nice. And I just feel like, I don't think you have to, but I always want to tip. I just often panic when I don't have, so I say, I'm going to come back. Okay. So what I told her is you should tip if they performed a service for you. So if you've used any of the products or they did something for you, then that is a tippable event. If they did nothing for you, then I think you do not have to tip. This is what I told her. Uh, Upon further reflection, it feels like keeping the bathroom clean, I don't think is enough of a service. I don't think that rises to the level. So if you walk in, you grab a paper towel on your own, you walk out. I don't think a typical event has happened here. Right. But I think if they hand you a towel, that is a service. Yeah. You can't get around this by like trying to get to the towels first. Yeah, you can't. Blocking them. They're they're between you and the towels. Right. So I think you do that. Now, in terms of how much to tip, little hard to say. Miss Manners has weighed on this in some book from 20 years ago. So she says we start at 50 cents. Who has quarters? So I don't think change is really probably the right amount anymore. Emily Post also starts at 50 cents and then like goes up from there. Um, and like suggest like $3 could be okay. So I feel like a dollar is a good baseline if they provided like basic services, like they've uh, given you the towel, they turn on the water, they're giving the soap. I think if you do use any of the actual items that they have offered, I think you have to pay for that with like standard drugstore pricing. So like if you got a pack of gum, uh, you're not taking the pack though. You're just taking a piece. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. They open the top. Oh, I mean, I have been in bathrooms where this happened, but I, I, yeah. I've never partaken. Oh, if you took a pack? Oh, I don't know. I can't imagine. Well, I mean, I would pay for a pack. Yeah, then you would pay for it, but I, I don't think that's ever happened. Oh, okay. But like a spritz of cologne or perfume or like whatever else is, or a Usually hairspray. Usually there's like hairspray yeah. or things so like I that. So I think any of that, I think we're in the 2 $3 zone starting, and then I think it goes up from there. But, I, you know, I think you should feel fine. A dollar is fine if you just like use a hand towel and... Yeah, I think a dollar is fine for like, oh, they hand you the towel. They were pleasant. Everything was a fine experience. And I always feel sort of anxious, but I feel like often going to a place that's just going to be a part of the situation. Yes. Well, I think we just sort of pretend like this is not happening. Like this anxiety of like, there's a person watching you yeah, in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah. We just sort of like pretend this is not happening. La, yeah. la, 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 la. Uh, and then just sort of go, go about it. your business. Yep. Our next question, quote, your discussions are very interesting because I myself was raised by wolves. 
You said that it is rude to correct someone's behavior. True. I'm 27 and my parents are 53 and their public behavior embarrasses me so much. And she provided some examples. A lot of examples. A lot of examples. I'll abbreviate. My dad thinks it's okay to walk around in public wearing his old jeans that have little holes in them and show his underwear. My dad doesn't know anything about appropriate dress codes for certain places and events. Literally showers himself with the nauseating perfume you can smell 20 meters away. Oh, meters. Oh, where do you think they are? They're using metric. Um, My dad talks on the phone very loudly in public, spits in public, picks his nose in public, is short-tempered and always gets into fights with people, mostly road rage. Oh, gosh. Mm. My mom would boss around servers whenever we eat out and forgets to say please, would make demands like, shouldn't this room have a TV when she was hospitalized once? Always makes comments about people like, that skirt she's wearing makes her look like she's crazy. (laughs) Uh, My mom told one of my friends that this haircut is, quote, bad, and gave him money for the barber. My sister and I always correct them, and they would say, okay, only to repeat the same behavior over and over again. We've given up. How can I get them to act properly? Is it too late? Because you can't teach old dogs new tricks? Oh. I don't think 53 is an old dog. No, not at all. at all. That's sort of prime. So I think in general, I think on some level, we're all embarrassed by our parents you know, at some point. Right. Like, I think this is kind of universal. There's always something that's sort of like, ah. Oh. I also do think that the particular with the the dress wearing the skirt that makes her look crazy, <laughs> the generation above us, it wasn't a thing where you couldn't comment on what people looked like. I really noticed that a lot. Uh, you know I what I mean? Hear... We'll be like, oh, we, we don't comment on people's stuff anymore. <laughs> yes. Certainly what is considered appropriate comments to other people has changed. Yes. The standards have changed. I've seen Mad Men. I know how things go. <laughs> so, uh, yes, things have changed. Uh, but etiquette evolves. Oh, Manners evolve. But I'm saying that that seems to be a global phenomenon okay, so of that whole generation is yes, it's still an commenting on people's... Okay, yeah, it's an explanation here. Okay. Not as an explanation, but as a way to look at it, a f- way to frame the conversation mm. of... Oh, hey. You don't realize that we're not in 19. <laughs> we're not doing this anymore. Right. I think I, I get the concern from our letter writer, which is like, I don't want to be judged in public based on the behavior of these people that are with me. So part of it is just being concerned about what other people think. We're feeling which, embarrassed. And feeling embarrassed. And etiquette is about, you know, what other people think on some level. So I get that. I think one thing that comes to mind is that the transitive property of embarrassment. You know, if you're at a dinner and you're at a restaurant and your parents are being crazy wild people, the waiter doesn't necessarily think that you are also being lumped in with their behavior. We're at the same table, but people know that like you're a different person. And like, if you're acting politely, like they know how to separate these things. Your parents' behavior is not necessarily being reflected on you in the grand scheme of things. So maybe we could just be less concerned. Mm-hmm. Could be an idea. Because I do think we're not going to change these people. I don't think we're going to change these people. I have trouble with like restaurant stuff because I, it's really hard when somebody's rude to people. Um, yes. Oh, I mean, I am mortified if I'm dining with somebody and they're rude to staff. Absolutely. Yes. Sometimes I, I've been with people and I don't know how to handle it. So I will go over to the waiter and apologize and then I'll extra tip when I leave. Yes. I, I do recall dining with people that were being beasts and under tip the waiter. Like it was a 5% tip mm. and he worked so hard trying to make everybody happy. And I went back in and I basically, I just topped up the tip. I was like, so here, here's what you should have made tonight. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. 
shouldn't have to do that, but like you should be mindful. Yeah. Once other people become involved, I feel like it's a different thing. Like a waiter, you mean? Yeah, like other people, you know what I mean? So once they are being rude to other people, this feels like a line has been crossed that you should like correct. I don't know how we're going to correct it because I understand that, but I do feel like it, these are two different issues. Okay. So like like, if somebody's wearing pants with holes in them. Right. But then if somebody's being rude to people. Okay, I see that. And I agree, yeah. I think if it's just about you're embarrassed by the way they look or the way they present themselves. Like when your mom tells your friends they have a bad haircut. Right. That's different than your dad wearing too much cologne. Right. That's true. So for the cologne pant hole issue, we just sort of accept that and we move on. I kind of feel like you have to. Okay. Or if it's your event, like say you had a big graduation or a a work event, you could say, this is a really big work event for me. It's dress up. Could you please wear? Okay. You can request. Sure. And see if they will. I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, I guess if it matters, I think you would want to ask. I mean, I guess it depends on where is this coming from? I guess I would try and try to get to the source of the problem. Like, are they wearing holes in their pants because they just don't know better? Or they think that's fine? Or they don't care? Or it's a statement against society's rules? Right. Uh, is it money? Is it like, what? why are we doing this? And depending on the reason for that, like, well, how do we solve that problem if you're worried about it? I think it's a great way to look so at like, it. So like, if they just don't know better or that's just the pants that they have, well then, okay, let's uh, let's get you some clothing for my big uh, graduation party. Right. So there's that. If they want to make a statement about society and I don't want to follow society's rules and I'm going to wear what I want, then I don't think there's anything to do. Yeah, some people are just, that's how they are and that's how they're going to wear. Right. And you, if it bothers you a lot, you just don't invite them. But asking them to be somebody that they're, they're not. not is not True. appropriate. Yeah, I mean, I guess one solution here is to minimize the amount of time you spend with them in public. Yeah. So dine at your house, not in a restaurant. But I think it's fine. I agree 100% with what you said about the why. Yeah. But for the things where it's like, please don't tell my friends negative things about what they're wearing. I think that's fine to say. Yeah. Just uh, don't say it in front of other people. Yeah. I guess letting her know that this hurt her feelings. Because somebody's feelings are being hurt. Yeah. Do you disagree with that? No, I agree with that. It's just like, oh, that's such a hard thing to say in a polite way sometimes. You just be like, mom, that hurt their feelings. Yeah. But in general, I think we kind of just have to suck it up. Yeah. A lot of times with parents in particular, just suck it up. Yeah. I think you can't, you can't pick your parents. And I do think it was very, really liked what you said. And I have been frustrated with my parents uh, in my day. And I think it's always nice to take a big step back and be like, forest for the trees, how important this relationship is. And like, is this really a big deal? And they're not gonna be around forever. And like, let's try and enjoy these times. So I try and have that moment of clarity when I'm frustrated. Easier said than done, I know. So I think we just want to try and have, I guess, a little compassion and just remember that uh, in the grand scheme of things, this is not like the worst thing. Yeah, I often feel like somebody's like, that's just how they are. Yeah, well, that's my dad. Yeah. But I do think if other people get involved, you can go back and tip or... Yeah, I think you would want to try and make the situation right as best you can if there's been some etiquette damage. And I do think if one of your friend's feelings got hurt, you could talk to your mom about it. Yes, or apologize to your friend on your mom's behalf. yeah. Yeah, I think that might be the best you can do. So these were some interesting questions yeah, this these week. these are great questions. They get harder and harder. They really do. I mean, at the beginning, it was just like, should I tip on the tax <laughs> or not? And now it's like, oh, God. We're just digging into... Oh, it gets deep. Where it's sort of like, I don't know the right answers anymore. But I like we're trying to figure it out. We try and figure it out. So we're all trying to figure out your questions. So send them in. Send them in to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com, where you can send us a text message or leave us a voicemail or you can slide into our DMs. Any way you want to do it, bring it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. Did you know we have merchandise? No. (laughs) (laughs) Leah, you didn't? Well, it's true. There's mugs, there's tote bags, there's t-shirts, there's pillows, there's stationery, custom stationery, boxes of stationery, all sorts of great stuff. So go to our website and check it out. And we're always adding to the pillow collection. Yes. Anytime something comes up on our show, which is like, put that on a pillow. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So check it out. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent! And this is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette thing that's happened to us recently, or we can repent for some bad etiquette thing we've done. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? You know, I was going (laughs) to repent, but I'm going to go with a vent. (laughs) It's actually repented in real time. I apologized immediately. So I'm going to get a vent out. You're clean slate. What is your vent? I'm walking down the street uh-huh. and it's a big street for- Paint the scene. What street are we on? Okay. We were actually on Lexington Avenue. Okay. I'm walking north. Ah. It's busy. Sure. It's not 1 a.m. Okay. It's- Prime time. There's a group of us walking. You know what I mean? A younger two people were FaceTiming with a friend. Okay. So they're on the street and they're like, hey, Lisa, we're on Lexington Avenue. Yep. Okay. They're all, we're all walk. you know, it's busy enough. So everything's a crowd. Are they walking while they're doing this or no? Yes. Oh, they're walking and FaceTiming. While all of the whole rest of the world is still trying to walk. Uh And then they're talking very loudly. Okay. And then we stop at a light. They continue. So we went with these people, we being me and the other people who are all walking. 60 people. Yep. Three lights. Oh. At every light, they're holding the phone together. So they're, and then I finally look into, the, you know, because me, I want to give everybody a loophole. Oh, maybe this is like a, mm-hmm. I look, the girl on the other end was driving. <gasps> she is FaceTiming with her phone in her. And I was like, I don't know. Hey, it just went from just like, really? You have to FaceTime walking down the street loudly with a group of people. So we all kind of have to. We're part of your conversation. You were all a part of your conversation. Yeah. We can't move faster. Now it's a like emergency situation on the other end. She's just FaceTiming while driving. Yeah. Dangerous. What's happening? How uh, did this all of a sudden become okay? Wow. And what were we talking about? What fascinating conversation were we having? They were talking about... Proust. Uh, <laughs> yeah, imagine, I would have been like, oh, this is so interesting. Yeah. No, they were fighting... Like platonic forms. <laughs> hmm. Okay. They were talking about who they didn't want to eat dinner with. Oh, got to solve that problem. Yeah. sap. And it wasn't solved either. They were just like bemoaning. Uh, it would have... Like it was a crisis. Well, now I'm getting judgy, but I just, I couldn't believe it. Oh, now you're getting judgy? (laughs) The previous four minutes. But I mean, it's like you have at least 15 people. We all have to walk together up this block because it's a busy time. 
Right. We're all now in your conversation because you're so loud. And that's the etiquette crime. I mean, if you want to FaceTime and get in a car accident, like, okay. But I'm not into that either. A, I think that's illegal. Probably. And it's definitely an etiquette if you murder somebody. Etiquette frowns upon murder. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's just rude. Yes, murder, murder is rude. You could hurt somebody. Yeah, no, murder is definitely rude. Um, that's a firm <laughs> etiquette rule. I think we can state that. Yeah, no, the crime is that when you force people to participate in your conversation, which is what happens in elevators, which is why I don't like people talking in elevators, um, that's rude. And so being on speakerphone in places where you are forcing people to participate. Well, FaceTime is like a speakerphone. But it's also they're holding it so they can see it. So they're taking up not only my ear space, more physical space. Yeah, the being disrespectful of the physical walking (laughs) space. Yeah, this is terrible. So speaking of space, (laughs) what is going on? With people in vestibules. <laughs> That's so funny that you were going to say in space. We just like moved right into Mars. Uh, no, vestibules. Like little foyers or at a building in wintertime when there's like the little shed to keep cold air out. What is going on with people thinking that we need more people in there versus let people out? I don't know. <laughs> what is happening? It's like, I grew up, I did Montessori as an elementary school kid. So I have a very good sense of like putting blocks in things and what happens when you put a physical object into another physical object and now there's no more room. I have a very good sense of this. Maybe I'm just gifted in a very special way that the average person does not have. But I think if you are in a little vestibule or a small foyer and you want to go through this place and there's people already there trying to exit, it makes sense to let people out first. Absolutely. And I think the rule should be you want to maintain the minimum number of people at all times. And so if you're standing outside, you let people out first. What do you think they're doing? Are they hanging out? No, they come in. Like, so you're in there and you're about to leave and then they want to come in and get around you rather than let you out first. Yeah, that's wild. What's well, like similar like being on a subway? It'd be like, let the people out. Yeah. But it's even smaller. You want to be like, where do you think I can go? Yeah, no, it's sort of like, oh, I guess I'll just put my back up to the wall. Okay, yeah, you just shimmy by me. Yeah, please. Yeah, you're in a hurry, I guess. They got to get in there. Got to get in. Do you ever say anything? No, what do you say? Oh, looks like uh, your time's more important than mine. do you know how movement works yeah do you know how like physical objects in space (laughs) two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time i can't go if you don't back up yeah i uh that's my vent and uh, i think next time you go into a very small space check to see if there's someone in there trying to leave first I would listen to you venting. I would just listen to a whole 30 minutes. Well, that's kind of what the show is. (laughs) No, no. Kind of, yeah. So, Leah. So, Nick. What have we learned? You know, I'm going to say what I learned in the the great question we got for the person about their parents. Mm. I would have... Except for obviously when somebody else is involved and you maybe want to help uh, their feelings a little bit. I often with parents, I'm like, we'll just let it go. And I didn't know that that's the way you would come down on that. And I realized that we came down on the same way. Okay. It's nice to find common ground sometimes. Yeah. I feel like, because I often feel like I want to appreciate them while they're here. So let's just let stuff go. And I learned that you can just take a single stick of gum if there's a bathroom attendant offering gum. Yep. Didn't know that. Take a gum, take a mint. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note. And I would. He would. Send me your address. You might get a note. Oh! I actually have a friend who wants a note. Well, have her send me her address. I got it. And uh, 
Thanks you out there for listening. And please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It really does warm my heart when I see them. Oh, they're so lovely. I mean, it makes it all worthwhile. It really does. And uh, do lots of other things that you can find out about on our website, wereyourraisedbywolves.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, Leah. This is the part of the show where Leah makes us say nice things. And yes. I only give her 30 seconds to do so. So, ready? Set. Go. I'm going first. Okay, so I wanted to say that in my building, you know, I really have tried to force my friendship on people in our building because yes. I just, I want to. Don't do that. I love people. Mm-hmm. And when I was, I was away for a chunk, and uh, so was my significant other, and we had a big package come in, and one of my neighbors got it because you know it just stays out in the hall, mm. and then messaged me and said, "Hey, I got your package. You want me to keep it until you get here?" Oh, and I was like, "Yes, that's, that's so nice. nice. That's very nice. It's so sweet." Do you know the statistic? I think is ninety thousand packages in New York City are stolen every day. No. Can you believe that? That's so much. 90,000? That's unbelievable. Yeah. So, interesting. All right. So, for me, timer starts now. So, got a very nice review, which I always love. This one says, quote, adorable and funny. That's us. (laughs) And very smart. I think that's also us. I love how they answer etiquette questions with humility, humor, and compassion. Did I mention how funny and entertaining they are? But they also take on more serious questions. We often find ourselves carrying on the discussion after the show ends. Lots of food for thought without the heartburn. Oh, Isn't that nice? So nice. What I really love is that people continue to talk about what we talk about after it ends. It's so nice. That there's like more to talk about and you can think about how you feel about things. Yes. So that's very nice. So thank you. I really appreciate all these reviews. They're really lovely. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.